The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello and welcome to Football to the Max here, another Saturday edition, Christmas Eve technically now, and a Merry Christmas to everybody listening here, hopefully whether you celebrate on the 24th or the 25th on the day or the night or whatever, enjoy your holidays and, and get ready for some football because there's plenty of it on Sunday and there's two games on Monday, Christmas Day, for you to enjoy as well. And Eric is also here and enjoying the festivities before we get into talking about these Saturday games and then, of course, the, the games that happen, that are set to happen. Thankfully, this has been a stress-free winter, Emus. And later in this podcast, I get to say something that I haven't said in at least a year Well, now I am excited to see what that is. But, uh, <laughs> all right, so the two games that, that happened here uh, on this this Saturday, you had the unspectacular night game uh, between, well, which technically, if the Green Bay receivers had caught the ball more, perhaps might have been a little bit more exciting. But the Vikings go on and... Beat uh, the Packers by a score of 16 to zero, uh, mm-hmm. thanks to an interception in the closing minutes that prevented the Packers from getting on the scoreboard. But uh, yeah, the Vikings pretty much dominated the game. I wouldn't say dominated, but they controlled the game. Brett Hundley tried, I guess as mm-hmm. we can say. The receivers kind of let him down, and then there was other times where he just through bad passes and had to try to run for his life and couldn't. Uh, he did make some good runs, but for the most part, yeah. yeah, it was just. He made some good runs, but there was one where it was third down where he tried, but then backed up and it, 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 it was just bad. The Vikings get their first shutout since 1993. And yes, 
it was on the frozen tundra of a Lambeau field. Yeah, it got uh, down to five degrees at one point. It was actually by the end of the broadcast, which was a little after the game, four. Well, if it's after the game, at that point, it what matters is that uh, it was pretty cold. And they got lucky that there was no wind or anything because if there had been, it would have been much, much worse. Uh, just, you know, Case Keenum had an efficient day, threw a touchdown, 139 yards, a typical day and uh, a decent day in fantasy. I, the, the One of the guys I'm playing in the championship uh, has Case Keenum, so I was kind of hoping for a little less, but still not too bad. Uh, he could have done more. Uh, honestly, if if uh, the Packers, de- you know, if he'd act, the receivers had, had caught some balls or Packers defense actually did a pretty, jo- pretty decent job on the, on the, the receivers for the most part. So yeah, they really did. Uh, they didn't try a lot of deep balls, really, to either team until about the third quarter. And the lone touchdown of the night was aided by a, I believe, pass interference penalty Mm -hmm. on that drive. So, really, it was a defensive struggle for 70% of the game. Yeah, neither team got over 300 yards of offense. And the possession was pretty much the same. The Green Bay had the two turnovers, which... You know, two Brett Hundley interceptions did not help his cause at all. Uh, I think for the most part, when you're looking at that Vikings defense, they are one of the best defenses in the entire league. And to only have two turnovers and still and and not to get totally blown out either, I think is a positive for the team. Uh, mm-hmm. All things considered, uh, again, I, I think there's uh, the Jordy Nelson pass. They wound up not counting because he dropped it at the end. Uh, the Lance Kendricks one where he would have been a first down, but he couldn't uh, grab it in his fingers. Uh, there's a couple other ones that's like, hey, you know, you got to help him out here. It could have been a different game. I mean, it was 13 to nothing for a long while. Uh, so, uh, this easily could have been a closer game, and uh, incompetence, I guess, or or just really good defense on the Vikings, whichever, both combined. I don't think the Vikings played this great game, but they did what they needed to do. Yeah, their objective was win out so they could get a first-round bye. Now they're halfway there. They prepared for Brent Huntley. They did a great job defending him, containing him for the most part, kind of controlling David Bakhtiari along that offensive line. So this was well, about Bakhtiari the compli- uh really controlled Everson Griffin as well. He didn't get anything yeah. on. I'm yeah, not- I mean, aside from one extremely late holding penalty. So, yeah, he pretty much won that matchup. But, I mean, with the rest of that D-line, they did close to what they had to do. And I really think that with this situation, this was the best that they could get. 
Oh yeah, certainly. Uh, certainly they they definitely could have. And look, the Vikings move on. They win. Now they wait and see what happens with the uh, the rest of the teams, and we'll have to wait till Monday night to see what happens with the Eagles. Uh, and perhaps uh, they get a little step closer to getting complete home field advantage, maybe. But we shall move on to the earlier. Uh, game of the evening. Uh, look, when you saw this on paper, you're sitting there going, oh, well, these two games. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, you know what? This one was actually rather decent. Again, it stayed close uh, for the most part. Never got more than a 10-point lead for, for Baltimore. Uh, so uh, I think the Colts did a good enough job in, in keeping things together. Uh, Frank Gore got a touchdown, a pass at catching touchdown. Uh, from Brissett. Now, I, the Ravens' defense were no going. What? Diving over the pylon, no less. Hey, just don't do it if you're a quarterback. <laughs> you'll, you'll be. Hey, hey, he's from the U. We got a big game coming up. He, he's showing that fighting spirit. Hey, exactly. And on the other end, you got a running back from Arkansas. Alex Collins didn't have a tremendous day, but. Still got 50 yards, and T.Y. Hilton, probably one of the big uh, fantasy producers, if you had him, he got your 100 yards, and Joe Flacco had a pretty good day. Actually throwing two touchdowns, uh, 237 yards. Uh, I think uh, one of the better outings for Joe Flacco, yeah, again, this is the Colts' defense, so. Yeah, but even still... It's the Colts' defense, and the Colts put themselves in a position to tie the game very late. So, <laughs> good. Yeah, they, I think the word that I heard the most during the post game was disappointed in how we finished. Something you really can't be doing in the playoffs. You do that in the playoffs, you, you might be looking at a, you know, overtime or, or something, uh, or perhaps even a loss. So, you know, got to get that together. Obviously, look, a different competition, right? You're Again, the, this is a Colts team that's now 3-12. and 12. I don't know what they were expecting this necessarily, uh, but uh, give credit to them for staying in it the, the whole time. And uh, I think it's you got to hand it to the Ravens defense, really, for the most part. They kept Jacoby Brissett in check. They held them the field goals when they needed to. And uh, yeah, so many times, so many times, Eric, should have been interception. I don't know how many times I saw Brissett throw. Oh, right there. It's right to the Ravens defender. Oh, he dropped it. I mean, <laughs> it was, it was that little, had to be about ten times. It was a little cold in Baltimore, too. I mean, to give them some Come sort on. of defense. They get a little bit of defense, but one of those changes this this outcome completely. Oh, I agree. One of those, especially the fact that you kept letting the Colts get into the red zone, into the red zone, into the red zone. You pick off one or two of those passes. Guess what? You don't have those red zone opportunities, and then you can start to pull away. Exactly. And so the Ravens complete uh, the first of two games that they really should win. Yes, the Bengals always play the mark of this divisional whatever, but come on. You know, I'm hoping and praying as a Cowboys fan that the Bengals put up a fight against the Lions, but 
I know I'm kidding myself. So, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I Look, uh, again, this is why the AFC, this is important, because you're looking at a Ravens team that this is kind of all they have to do next week. They don't have to do a whole lot. Just get the win, and they're in. And it, now you're fighting these uphill battles. If you're Tennessee, if you're Buffalo, you know, if you're the Chargers, you got to make sure that, that you continue to win or you could find yourself already knowing that you're all fighting for just one spot because the Ravens got that other one locked up. Exactly. This is one of those situations where for not just for the wild card race, but especially for Kansas City in the race for the division, you want to control your own destiny. And especially for the wild card race, it's very, very crowded. You win, you at least give yourself a chance. And even for these teams, not the wild card race, there's still divisions to clinch. There's still seeding to sort out. So the AFC picture is going to be very fun to watch come Sunday and Monday because even though, yes, there's a little bit of a gap in talent with these teams... You're still fighting to figure out who's going to be your best matchup and who's going to be the biggest surprise. Yeah, uh, you certainly are. And, I mean, the, both playoff pictures are going to be very interesting come uh, Monday and Tuesday when you're when you're looking at those. But, yeah, plenty of games that do matter, of course, for playoffs here that we're going to talk about moving on uh, from that game. But, yes, now the... Ravens are in that lock for the fifth spot in the wild card at uh, nine and six. So, yeah, everybody else now has to perform to get ahead of them. And regardless of what happens next week, the Ravens win. They're in in that spot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll we will now uh, move it on and. We'll talk about the the games that have no ramification whatsoever, which are very few, like about three uh, at the end, because uh, they don't matter. Uh, you're just you're just uh, kind of seeing what happens, and and we'll we'll talk about those three at the end. So let's start one o'clock window here. The Detroit Lions going into Paul Brown Stadium. They're only favored by three. Against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this is uh, Marvin Jones going back to his old stomping grounds there. Uh, against his old team. You have, again, the Lions knowing that as long as they keep winning, doesn't matter what anybody else does, they get in. They lose a game. Now you need help. And it's a whole different uh, matter. So they have that going for them. This is a Bengals team that, they're in the situation they're in. Marvin Lewis already out the door. Can you see the Bengals putting up a fight here? I I just don't see it. I, with the Lions knowing that they have to keep winning, uh, this isn't like the Packers where it's a divisional game and Brett Hundley's mm-hmm. really going out there to prove that he deserves to still be the backup and, and, and all that stuff. This is a Bengals team that 
whether it's Andy Dalton or A.J. McCarron, I don't think it freaking matters because they know the coach isn't going to be there, and I think everybody kind of just knows that it's in a who-cares mode. Yeah, and at this point, I really think the Bengals are done. I mean, with the way that the Lions played, a three-point favorite on the road isn't a bad line. It sounds about right, but just no. I don't I mean, see the- you are right that the Lions tend to play down the competition. I mean, they had trouble beating the Browns earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. So you could get that here, too, with some but, crazy finish. Yeah, you could get a crazy finish, but even with crazy finishes, I trust the Lions to pull it out a lot more than I would trust the Bengals in this case. Well, yeah, certainly Stafford has uh, an incredible record with fourth-quarter comebacks. I, You'd think that it wouldn't take that for this game, but you never know. It's the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that it's... It's just sad to see the Bengals in the shape they're in now. Yeah, you thought that they might have some promise coming into the season, and now it's gotten to the point where Marvin Lewis knows he's out the door. I'm going to go ahead and get out the door first, and mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. The yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. At, at 0-2, without scoring a touchdown, he knew he had to fire a coordinator to give himself a chance. And maybe if they were in some sort of playoff contention, he would have that chance. But everybody kept harping on the record, harping on the record, harping on the record. You can't get it done in the playoffs. You can't get it done in the playoffs. Now you get to the point where you can't even get it done in the regular season. It's time to go. Certainly. And I think they will have – you think that it's going to be a quarterback battle next year? Because – Andy Dalton's really regressed. It, it, it like might be. It might be, depending on who they bring in as the coach. Fair enough, yeah. We do definitely have to see who the coach likes and everything, and, you know, they'll have training camp to sort that out. Uh, depend, You know, you could get uh, an offensive mind that, that does what we've seen Sean McVay do with Jared Goff and the Rams, who – are 6-1 and one away from home, and they travel into Nissan Stadium. The Titans, for their part, are 5-1 and one at home. The Titans know that they need to win to stay in the race, not only in the division, uh, but also in the wild card period. Uh, mm-hmm. They can see themselves quickly. Now, they'll still technically be in the hunt, or whatever, but they could really be on that outside looking in. If uh, they lose here, that's why this game is important. That's why the game against the 49ers was important, as I said ad nauseum last week. The Rams also know that you're playing before the Seahawks play the Cowboys. You don't know what's going to happen in that game. If the Seahawks win and you lose, you're right back into this battle with each other thing. And, uh, yes, the, now hold on, didn't the Rams, I yeah, believe, I thought the Rams have the, the head-to-head, right? So, right. why haven't the Rams clinched the division? Uh, 
Oh, because they could still lose both games. Yes. Right. I was about yeah, to okay, say, so. both, and it's not one of those, like, two ahead with two to play just yet. So it's one of those to where they need a win or well, a yeah. Seahawks. Right. Yeah, a win or a Seahawks loss to wrap things up. But ideally with you're the Rams, even though, as Harry mentions on the kickoff, West Coast team traveling east for a 10 a.m. Pacific start, yeah, you still want to put things together and win because you never know. Week 17, things could go in your favor with another win. You jump over Minnesota and into that number two seed. Well, certainly, and you're also playing a 49ers team that has been much different with Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't want to get into that, uh, not to mention, I mean, that, that was a team that they had trouble beating with Brian Hoyer earlier in mm-hmm. the year. So I, I think you don't want to get yourself in that divisional game at the end having to fight to get in the playoffs or, or get in the overall or, you know, lose that divisional spot because you didn't go out there and take care of business here against the Titans. That being said, the way the Titans looked last week, it's very hard seeing them lose here, especially with the way the Titans looked uh, last week. But each week is, is different. It's just hard for me because the, the Titans haven't looked like themselves ever since they've just, this running game's been nowhere, and the defense has not been what it's it's been. Uh, outside of Rashard Matthews and sometimes Eric Decker, you wonder if Mary you know, oh Delaney Walker, yeah, I mean, Mariota hasn't been himself at all either. Uh, I just the way the Rams are clicking and this Rams defense, I I just can't see it for the Titans. No, and this is also going to be an opportunity for the Rams to say, hey, we just put together a dynamic, humiliating performance. Can we prove that after a big win like that, high energy, really making a statement that we won't have a letdown? I think there is going to be something of a letdown, but I think the Rams just barely pulled this one out. And Rams win by a touchdown. I don't think it's close. That sixth line is not bad. Honestly. Yeah, the sixth line isn't bad, but I could easily see that being a push. I could see the Titans covering the Rams only winning by three. Because now it's on Mariota to prove, okay, can I prove people wrong and saying I really am the guy? Because these last couple of games, it seems to me like Mariota's peaked. He's proving me right that he has a much lower ceiling outside of a Chip Kelly system. I know, but you're also getting into a shootout, possibly, with the Rams. You're not winning that game. Oh, if it goes into a shootout, no, the Rams would win that one going to I, I just don't see the Titans' defense stopping them. Just Even if you contain Todd Gurley, you're still throwing to... Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, all these guys that have been improving each game. Even when Woods was out for those three games, they figured it out and kept winning. I just 
this is a really hard one for the Titans. Even at home, it's it's going to be difficult uh, for sure. Uh, one of the more warmer weather games is it's only going to get up to 46, apparently. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's move on to closer, closer to us here. Uh, well, not so much where they're playing it, but one of the teams is much closer to us. The Miami Dolphins, who technically are still in the hunt, uh, even though they need help in all kinds of ways. Basically, everybody has to lose uh, that's in front of them this week and next week. And the Dolphins have to win both their games. That's, you know, a tall task when the Chiefs also have something big to play for called the AFC West division. And they're at home in 34-degree weather. Uh, yeah, that 10-and-a-half line, I think, might might be uh, selling them short, honestly. Two words. Jay Cutler. That's Cutler. That's it. Yeah, that's all I you mean, need. Eric Berry, Darrell Revis. At the, no, no, no. Well, yeah, I, I think with the Chiefs, it's just they know what's at stake here. Uh, Alex Smith has been and Kareem Hunt have both been. Uh, on the upswing now, that defense is getting back to being the the Chiefs defense from earlier in the season. Uh, I am worried about starting Kenyon Drake in a championship game that I have because I feel like the Chiefs could really come in trying to stomp Drake, knowing that you're trying to make Cutler throw, and uh, you know then you're putting it up to Marcus Peters and everybody else. It's just. I just think the Chiefs know they only got to win one game. They're going to go ahead and put this one away. They're taking care of this one now, so they don't have to wait until week 17 and they can sort things out. As is, they know they're going to have a potentially tough matchup wildcard weekend, so they want to do this and really prepare for that. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Another game that... Lord, this one is uh, really lopsided as far as the uh, spread goes. 11.5 for New England against Buffalo in Foxborough. Uh, The Patriots are down Rex Burkhead and uh, James White's questionable. Uh, Chris Hogan's still possibly going to be out again. You do still have Deion Lewis and you have Gronk, and that's kind of... All that Brady's needed lately, even when Brandon Cooks wasn't doing a whole lot in the previous game. Buffalo, let me, t- I, I don't know. It, like, the defense is good enough. I think that they could give Brady problems. And they could probably make this a lot closer than the 11 and a half. In fact, I would probably bet on that, but... I just, I, Patriots are on a mission right now. They, they, this is what happens when they barely escape wins or, or whatever. We saw them take the tough loss against the Dolphins. They escaped with the win against the Steelers. They know that number one seed is on the line every time they play now. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to try to go out and make a statement here against Buffalo. 
They want to make a statement against Buffalo really for two things. Number one, it's Buffalo. They've owned Buffalo and Foxborough. Number two, they've owned the, the division. And number three, thanks to this whole Alex Guerrero situation, they've unintentionally created a lot of extra noise. So they're going to remind the rest of the league, yes, we're still the Patriots, this means absolutely nothing. Now, because of the even bigger lack of weapons that Tom Brady has, yeah, Buffalo could cover, but no. I just don't see, even talent-wise, the Bills matching up in this one. Well, certainly. Uh, certainly with the, the Bills, it just... Tyrod Taylor's going to run into a problem with it. Look, now the Patriots' defense hasn't looked all that great. And they can certainly be had as far as Tyrod going in and and getting some touchdowns. Or LaShawn McCoy, you know, running on, on that team. But, mm-hmm. again, another team that if you get them in a situation where you're trying to win a shootout or trying to win a close game, you kind of have to go with the Patriots here. Uh, it's difficult for for me to see this for the, the Bills. Not that it's impossible, again. But uh, going away to Foxborough in this kind of situation, difficult one. It's very difficult. And I don't think Buffalo, just for a variety of reasons, talent-wise, organizationally, they're not up to the task. No, they are not. And we uh, move on to something that impacts the NFC South big time here. It's in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, uh, not Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, ironic that two teams have the same sponsor. Different hey, Mercedes-Benz. Uh, yeah, it's some big dinero they are right now. So here's the deal for the Saints. They win. They clinch the division, and they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Falcons win, they're in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. they still have to fight for the division next week. The Regardless of whatever happens with uh, the Panthers on uh, against the Bucks, as long as the Saints don't lose to the Bucks next week, the Saints pretty much Is that how that works? Yes. Right. Yeah. No. No. If both of them win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, the Saints just can't lose. Okay. So, regardless, it whoever wins is in here to the playoffs. If the Saints win, they have a really good shot at clinching the division because they have the head-to-head over the Panthers. And they have the easier, you'd think, easier matchup next week uh, against the Bucks to finish out the season, while the Falcons will be playing for their playoff lives against, you know, the Panthers, who at that point will be still trying to hope for winning the division. So both teams will have something to play for regardless. Falcons hey, won <laughs> in their place a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You'd think the Saints win in their place. 
I think so. And you know what's really interesting about the NFC South? They're playing. They play a lot. They played each other pretty much last week. They're playing each other this week. They play each other next week. And two of those teams are going to wind up playing each other most likely in the playoffs. Yep. It's crazy how, how that works, huh? Yeah. How weird is that? I mean, oh, I like the Saints because they've got the most to gain out of this. Really locking up the division just about uh, putting pressure on the other teams as far as seeding this. Oh, boy. this. Yeah, because they can bounce around, right? They can go ahead of the Rams mm-hmm. and be in third. Mm-hmm. They could even sneak in and be in second if, you know, the Vikings lose for some reason to the uh, Bears next week uh, or, or something like that. So I I think it's slim at that point, but yeah, they, they, they got to keep their hopes, I guess, just to win. The important thing is to win the division, so you got to keep winning. Yes. Get yourself uh, a home game at some point. Well, we saw these two teams. It was 2017. It was very close. Uh, the, the Falcons had to uh, make a timely interception at the end to get the win. It could be very close again here. Uh, you would think it would be with all that's on the line again. So if the Falcons lose, they're now fighting for the, their playoff lives against the Panthers next week, who also has something to play for. So that's a big deal. If they win... That Panthers game is not as big a deal as far as you know you're in the playoffs. Now it's okay. Well, we would we would probably win, we win the division if we beat the Panthers. So then it's about playoff seeding. So two different right. deals, but still rather important. Oh, God, I need a God a headache in a calculator just to go through that. Ugh. But either way, this one, this is one of the games to watch. I'm glad that even though I live in a, uh, you know, Dolphins area, they're not doing the whole where they're blocking off uh, the other uh, Fox. They're allowing the Saints and Falcons to be shown on Fox at the same time. So uh, if I didn't want to, if I didn't have red zone, I could still watch that game, but I do. So I don't have to worry about it technically, but still uh, nice that they're doing that. I think this is one of those that comes down to the whoever has the ball last. And I'm going to say the Saints just because it's in the, the Superdome. But, man, I could really see the Falcons coming in here and winning and making a statement and saying, look, we're coming on late, but we're trying to get back to where we were last year. I, this is another one where it's like, who do I trust more? And even with Matt Ryan coming on strong, even with that interception to seal the game last week, I trust Drew Brees more in this situation. Don't blame me. I do. <laughs> now, granted, going to be tough without Kamara, but... I think if you're putting a little bit oh, more... Is Kamara... I thought he was fine. 
I don't know. I heard a few things. I might be wrong and haven't heard updates, but his name no, is. No, he's not even on the. He's not even on the injury report. Okay, so that make that does make things easier. He got injured in the last game, which is what hurt the Saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, against the Falcons, he got hurt. Right. But I mean, either way, even if you have to put a little bit more pressure on Drew Brees. He can take it. Matt Ryan is showing he can't. Yeah, Andrew Levitra, uh, their guard, is going to be missing with the Falcons. So that's something to watch, even though they have played still pretty decently well without him. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one, certainly. Uh, for, for That game is, is huge, as well as the Panthers and Tampa Bay game. Uh, now, the Panthers are favored by 10, which is interesting considering that they gave the Falcons all they could handle on Monday night. Uh, they certainly tried as well, well as they could to win that game. Uh, the Falcons eventually put it away, but I would think that tri- uh, that uh, Jameis Winston and the Bucks are going to Give the Packers just as much, but uh, it might be something where Panthers just have too much between the run game and in the pass and Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, on Monday night, it was the biggest game the Bucks had. Yes, that last second field goal was missed. That gave Atlanta the win. I think with the energy of all that, they know they're done. They know it's not a big game in their aspect because they're not really national. I think the Panthers should have this one in hand and keep their division hopes alive. I would, yeah, I would think the Panthers are are winning this game, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's handily as well. Greg Olson's starting to come back to being himself. Uh, you have the, you know, Cam is is back to being Cam as well. The running game is, is working. Uh, McCaffrey is, is starting to, I think, be the guy that they drafted now. Uh, that defense has been coming on strong. Julius Peppers came up with a huge play last week to to kill off the game. I think th- this is a difficult one. Obviously, if you're... If you're one of the other teams, you're hoping for a Panthers loss here to make it a little easier, but I just, I just can't see this happening. And like you, I think Bucks might have put everything they had into the game on Monday, and there might be a little bit of a being deflated here going against uh, the Panthers at Bank of America. Yeah, it's tough when you lose your Super Bowl. And that's what that game was in Tampa Bay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have an answer for that. That's that's pretty much what they're they're trying to do there. I guess the so at least both teams are relatively well. No, Cameron Brait is possibly he's expected to play, but he's got a couple of injuries. They still, you know, they're missing Joe McCoy and Levante David, which are huge. Uh, David Funches is expected to play, but we'll see how that goes uh, with those with those guys. But 
Yeah, moving on. You got the Los Angeles Chargers against Christian Hackenberg and the New York Jets. I don't know why that's not more than seven. Really, Hackenberg? Okay. Uh, This is at the Meadowlands. Right? Yes. And it is one of the later games, the 425s? No, it's a one o'clock. That's ah, that's why it's only seven. That's why it's only seven. Either way, I would expect the Chargers to win. They cannot lose again or they're out of playoff contention. And they have a good shot with the Patriots or with the Bills and Titans both having difficult games. This is your time. You have... The Chargers and then the Raiders, you have an opportunity here to sneak into the playoffs. You've got to, this is a game you cannot lose against the Jets, and you cannot let the Saints, you know, what the Saints did and let them hang around. you got to put them away. And I, I just don't see it with Hackenberg. Like, with Petty, we saw that in the preseason, him give that fight to that team or whatever. Hackenberg was so bad, and I, I just don't think that, He's going to get any better just sitting around watching Josh McCown. But, you know. Yeah, there's he showed teeny glimpses of something coming out of Penn State and nothing since. That's about it. Well, I mean, teeny because that's all you've seen of him. <laughs> really, <laughs> we don't have a lot of tape to see on the guy, but. He has not looked anything like a competent quarterback, let alone a guy that should be in the NFL right now. But look, the Jets got to evaluate guys right now, right, to, to see what they're doing with quarterback. Even if you get mm-hmm. McCown back, you need to know who your heir apparent is, and you can't waste another year when you've got a huge class of quarterbacks coming. So, At least one New York team knows how to handle a quarterback situation. Right? Or you'd think so. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Jaguars get a very interesting game here against a Jimmy Garoppolo who is still undefeated as a NFL quarterback. Now, the 49ers have not faced a defense like this during the run for Garoppolo. This is a huge test for him. He is going to have... That Jaguars D-line coming at him. You got Jalen Ramsey going against him. Marquise Goodwin, you would think. Uh, pro- probably taking him out. And you've got just... That is that is a lot to deal with if you're that 49ers offensive line and, and Garoppolo and everything else. As long as Bortles doesn't go back to being his old self, I think the Jaguars should win this Did they really handily. Should? Uh, they should. I don't know about handily, because after all, this is the Jaguars. But at the same time, they've, they've blown got out some teams this year. That's not. They they have. I'm not saying they're not capable of blowing them teams out. But just like I said about the Rams, you put together a humiliating game, and now you're on the road. See what you can do back to back. Is it going to be a little bit of a letdown? Yes. 
Is Bortles going to have this dynamic of a performance? No, because the Niners now have tape on everybody, the former no-names who scored touchdowns against Houston. But to the Jaguars' advantage, they've got tape on how to contain Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they will. I think that'll be enough. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you do contain him, you know what you're you're doing here. You, you take out that offense, and it's been pretty dynamic with him in it. Uh, the defense has been rather decent, but you're looking at a Jaguars defense that has been, if not the top, definitely in the top three in the league. That's a whole different issue there if you're, if you're Jimmy Garoppolo that you're looking at. Again, I, I think for me, you don't have to worry about what the Jags are doing defensively unless Garoppolo just finds a way to open them up or something. I, I don't know. You'd have to think this is, again, on Blake Bortles. Just be efficient. Don't turn the ball over. Give you know Garoppolo opportunities with a short field or anything like that, and the Jags will be okay. This is an important game for the Jags, though. They want to keep pace in the perhaps getting a higher seed. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to give the Titans any kind of life. This is after the Titans will have played, so you'd think the Titans will lose, but you don't know that for sure. Uh, so I think, and they clinch the division, right, if the Titans lose and they win? Well, all, they only need either or. Either a win or a Titans loss, so they clinch the division. Preferably a win, because not only would they clinch the division, but they would still have an outside chance at a minimum, a first-round buy. Right, and that's that's important. Don't want to have to play that on that wild-card weekend, and you would think you get the easier opponent. But, yeah, again, this is an interesting one to watch it in that 4-5 or five window just because it's the best defense Garoppolo's played against, and the Jaguars have a lot to play for. So what kind of team are you going to get? Uh, now, uh Quickly, before we head to the other two games, they do have playoff implications, but those are on Christmas Day. These are Christmas Eve, of course. Uh, let's talk about the three games that have no playoff implications and really don't matter. You have the uh, Cleveland Browns going into Soldier Field. Uh, a lot of people are picking the Browns to get, you know, this be the win. Now there are reports coming out that Hugh Jackson has lost the locker room. I wouldn't be surprised at that. I wouldn't be surprised if players just wanted a complete gutting of the team from the previous era and just make everything new. Either way, I think with Trubisky getting better as the the games have gone on, I don't know if the Browns have it to stop Howard and Cohen. I still think the Bears are going to win. It might be at three points, but I still think the Bears are going to win this one. The Bears, what, 14 down, two to go. Soon that magic number is going to be one. Get that parade ready, folks. It's coming. Yeah. Still haven't heard any word of floating it out there. You need a grand marshal on the cheap. Just saying. We need, we need to make that happen. Go make Eric a grand marshal. It's going to be a grand old time over there in Cleveland. So, 
You have the 5-9 Denver Broncos with Brock Osweiler starting against the Washington Redskins. This is one of those games where Kirk Cousins needs to go. You're at home. You're still trying to earn that paycheck. Go and get a win. I know it doesn't mean anything, but go out there, beat the Broncos, get your win. They should win. I think they will win. Uh, this is a time with the Redskins defense, which, you know, when they want to be confident, you know, make Osweiler's life hell. You know, that offensive line's weak. They have a good D-line. They can get at him. Ryan Kerrigan and the rest of them. I think the Redskins win this. I think the Redskins win to keep Jay Gruden's seat cold and for Kirk Cousins to at least have a semblance of getting a paycheck anywhere next season. The uh, New York Giants going into Glendale, Arizona against Drew Stanton and the Cardinals. I feel like the Giants defense is good enough to be knocking Drew Stanton out pretty uh, decently, although Arizona does have the line here being at home with for three points. That, that Giants team gave the Eagles everything it could last week. It uh, helped a lot that Sterling Shepard was back. Uh, Eli Manning looked more like himself. I feel like the Giants could go and win this one. They could, but this is in one of those to where if it ends in a tie, I wouldn't complain. Oh, also I forgot to mention that uh, the Vikings have lost their left guard, Nick Easton. He has a fractured right ankle. so that's He's the, done. That's a problem. That's a problem. Oh, that, that's got to suck right there on the edge of going to the playoffs and you're out of there. Uh, so let's go into the two Christmas Day games. The Pittsburgh Steelers off that heartbreaking loss to the Patriots last week. You're playing TJ Yates, for God's sakes. Uh, the Steelers should win this one with no problem. Just don't do it like you did against the Colts. Don't leave it to the last second. Yeah, don't they're bad about going away from home and playing down to the competition. Don't have any sort of surprises. Put them away quickly and keep this going for Ryan Shazier. Steelers take it. I hope it's going to be ugly. Yeah, I, I think it should be a blowout. It will be a blowout. Wouldn't be surprised if Big Ben's sitting by the by halftime or the middle of the third quarter. It's it's a dire thing in in Houston. Like the only guy you can really bank on is DeAndre Hopkins, and even that's scary at this point. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, another game that could be a blowout. You got two Christmas Day games that might just wind up like the Saturday games, where they they could be interesting or they could just be nothing. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Oakland Raiders, who have the World's ridiculous chance of getting in the playoffs, but no way in hell is probably happening. <laughs> Whereas the Philadelphia Eagles are undefeated at home and are trying to hold on to that number one spot. This should be no problem for the Eagles. I don't think they're going to do... The, the Eagles receivers have no problem getting separation uh, against a very weak secondary 
they're between Blunt and Ajay, they're gonna run all over the the Raiders. Uh, Marshawn's getting fined again. That team is. I think they're just trying. They're waiting for this season to be over. Uh, Eagles are gonna win this one, and if it's not a blowout, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, I, I mean the Raiders with the, how this season just kind of slipped away. It's pretty sad, but they're going to look to reorganize for 2018, look to reorganize again, potentially 2019. I, They're done. They've checked out. Yeah, certainly. Uh, that's the way this looks. And, yeah, let's uh, just go over some of the college stuff since the last time we uh, did something. I think I forgot to talk about it on... On Monday, well, that's because there wasn't hadn't been a game since then. Uh, Florida Atlantic whooping Akron, no surprise. Nah, lame. Really, you had to start that slow and only score fifty. I'm a little embarrassed. Just don't get it. They don't get to leave Boca Raton for like anything. It's insane. They're the Hawaii of the East Coast. I'm not surprised. Yeah, that they are. They've gotten real lucky this year. Probably a lot of the important games at Boca Raton. And uh, they cap it off with a big win in the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, Louisiana Tech beating a no Chad Morris SMU. No real surprise uh, in the Frisco Bowl there. I thought it might be a little closer, but geez. Just big blowout. Well, I mean, between that and everybody was talking about the Boca Raton Bowl and how Akron did. Look at what happened in the MAC championship game against Toledo, but then look at what App State did to Toledo in their bowl game. That is not a good look for the MAC. Ah, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, just that's that's one of those where. You kind of just go, what the hell happened here? And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Temple whooping Florida International. That's surprising to me, just considering Florida International was on the hunt to be in the championship game there for Conference USA. Well, this just shows what further domination by the Owls over the rest of Conference USA. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, then you have UAB also, who was in that hunt, lose really bad to Ohio. So Conference USA, just crap on the bed, unless you're Louisiana Tech and well, Florida to Atlantic be, here. To be fair for UAB, they're just coming back. I know, so I got- but they were in that hunt, in that, conference and then just you go in and lose badly well, that, that just shows you how bottom of the barrel conference USA is in the group of five <laughs> yeah uh, that is true uh, Wyoming with Josh Allen throwing three first quarter touchdowns route central Michigan 37-14 uh, he did not have the greatest day after that he only had like 100-something yards, 
Sometimes well, he looks that, really ordinary. Well, uh, I mean, if you, if you looked at his early sort of his stat line at one point, 11 of 17, 154, three touchdowns. <laughs> right, but they're all in the first quarter, nothing after that. Well, uh, I mean... 21-7 after that. It's not like it's, you know, 50-7 to after the first quarter. Well, I mean, you, you, well, you also work with a lot of short fields because Central Michigan kept giving the ball away, turnover after turnover. I get that. I'm just saying, again, I think that Josh Allen's one of those guys, he might be really talented, but he's this year has not really been his year. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, John Elway sees something in him that none of us do. He was in attendance on the blue turf. Uh, that's for sure. And then the first and a big thriller between two games, uh, two uh, teams, uh, between a Big 12 team and an American team. South Florida caps off the year with a 38-34 win over Texas Tech. Pretty cool for South Florida. Yeah, Charlie Strong getting a bowl win, just kind of laughing in Texas's face right about now. So th- yeah. that helps. Of course, he's playing with Willie Taggart's players. But... Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, I... man. Go ahead. Oh, I, I, I can't deny that, which kind of makes me nervous about what Taggart's going to do with Florida State. You know he's going to recruit well. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, well, you know he's not going to leave there. He's been wanting to go to. I think he wanted that Florida State job. And he I know over I, Oregon, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I know he wanted it, and I know he's got it. I just want to beat them. Yeah. Be aware. Be be ready. Mark Rick might have a problem. Bugger. Uh, just Army boy. with a crazy freaking ending to that game. They actually went up by two, and then they get a defensive touchdown to put the game away. A defensive uh, touchdown, and they got the two-point conversion with 18 yeah. seconds left. Freaking crazy, crazy ending. But Army, again, another one that kept off a tremendous season for them at 10-3. and three. Uh, beating San Diego State and uh, in one heck of a game, so that was that was fun to watch. Uh, Lockheed Martin, one of the better uh, sponsors, and, and got one of the better bowls. Well, again, they get a lot of defense contracts. You're talking about Army, and it's the Armed Forces Bowl. I mean, one and one and one is three. <laughs> and then Dollar General. Just got nothing with this Appalachian State beatdown of Toledo. Again. For nothing. The Mac champs. Champs. Oof. Who put it down on Akron? Yeah, and that's all Jalen Moore with three rushing touchdowns and 125 yards. See, that was a big performance from him. So, yeah, after that, you go back to the dailies. With uh, or not dailies, but the starting on Tuesday, the dailies are several games on there. With uh, I'm not going to go through all these, but yeah, they start getting hot and heavy uh, on beginning on Tuesday with 
with three games on Tuesday, four on Wednesday. Texas does play Missouri, so see how that goes. Uh, you get four on Thursday, and then you start rounding in into the games that matter there, and should be a big one going into those semifinals. Oh, yeah. Now that you're going up into the New Year Six, you're getting into the best of the post-Christmas, pre-New Year's Bowls, which, if you have the week off, definitely get yourself a lot of game snacks. Uh, for sure. Uh, for sure. And some interesting ones, too. You get... Uh, who you got, Utah and West Virginia? West Virginia. I think West Virginia, too. They've been a bit more consistent over the year. Uh, like the quarterback as well over Utah that don't really know what to do with that. And uh, another team I don't know what to do with Duke just fell off the face of the earth uh, once they played Miami. Uh, Northern Illinois for me here because they can actually score. Yeah, I like Northern Illinois in that one, too. This isn't the same Duke team from a couple of years ago. I know Josh uh, Rosen's going to want to impress, but I think Kansas State might spoil the party. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't made a decision. Rosen, he's still in concussion protocols, so that's not even a definite he'll be able to play. Yeah, he doesn't play. That's a... That's a definite for Kansas State, uh, for sure. But all right, the rest of them we'll just uh, do when we do the Monday show. And that's going to do it for us. Hopefully you enjoy your Sunday morning and then, of course, all your Sunday Christmas Eve football that you're going to have all in the NFL Red Zone window, too. So if you have Red Zone, you just lock in on that channel for seven hours. And enjoy your Christmas Eve as you wait around for Santa to come and open those gifts up at midnight. If that's your tradition, I know a lot of people do that. Or if it's just one more day that you got to wait for Christmas morning and then you open things up. Still, either way, enjoy it with your family. Hope you have a good one. And we'll see you later. Peace. Ho, ho, ho. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.